Welcome to another episode of the Life Adventurous Podcast. I'm Jenny Holly, your host, and we have made it all the way up into the crown chakra, which is at the top of your head, it's located at the top of your head, and we are on our second guest for the crown chakra. It's been quite a journey. I'm so excited because I love the spiritual aspect of all these chakras, especially the crown chakra. So I'm excited to bring on Victoria Shaw. She's a licensed professional counselor and spiritual coach who combines her background in training in psychology and counseling with her intuitive gifts to help clients heal, grow, and realize their spiritual and full personal potential. She takes a holistic approach to counseling while she works with clients' concerns on the mind, body, and spiritual levels. She loves working with people who are committed to using their struggles and life experiences to fuel their own spiritual awakening. She's also the author of four books for parents, children, and teens, and she hosts her own podcast called Intuitive Connection Podcast, and she has two children. Welcome, Victoria. And Victoria, I want you to share a little bit more about yourself, and you have to share something fun. All right, let's see something fun. And and hi, by the way, I'm so excited to be here and talk about one of my favorite topics too. I love talking about the chakras. Fun fact about me, let's see. I was originally a psychology geek. I probably still am at my core. I love all things psychology and science. And for me, that, that kind of spiritual awakening piece came kind of later in life. And I'm also um, someone who can proudly say that I did give a presentation on the chakras for my very first class, my very first um, counseling class ever Ooh. about 13 years ago, 14 years ago. So yeah. Wow. So I've, awesome. been, I've been a fan of them ever since. Very cool. So what does the crown chakra mean to you and how does it tie into your work? So for me, the, the crown chakra is really about our spiritual connection. And really we are you know, spiritual beings having a human experience and there's a spiritual connection in all of the chakras. But the seventh one is where we really, really double down and make that connection to our highest selves. And when your seventh chakra is functioning properly and freely, that's when you can really start to intuit and connect with those greater gifts of your soul. And also where you can kind of tune into that more bird's eye view of your life, where you can start to ascertain and experience, you know, your, your human struggles or your human stuff from that bird's eye spiritual perspective. Okay. So one of the things that you put in your intake form, is you said the seventh chakra, the crown chakra is the most misunderstood. Why do you feel that way? I feel that way because again, a lot of people think that, you know, it's the crown. And, you know, if you look at the king or the queen, right, all the jewels are there and that's the most important one. And, you know, I should just be in my crown chakra all the time and be all spiritual. But in fact, you know, you are a spiritual being having a human experience and all of the other chakras, you know, from the root chakra all the way up make the foundation for that experience. And so they're all equally important. And for the crown chakra to really, you know, do its goodness, you need to have balance and that strong foundation between all of your chakras. And a lot of times what I see, and this was my experience too, sometimes people that really, you know, think of themselves as quote unquote spiritual people, right? And they read a lot of spiritual books and they listen to a lot of spiritual podcasts and, you know, they're, they're spiritual seekers what I sometimes see them do energetically is fly out the top of that seventh chakra and try to get all their spiritual stuff, you know, out there somewhere rather than recognizing that while we're in human form, the spiritual experience is what's happening here and now, right? In our in our embodied awareness. And so I think that's the trick with the seventh chakra is recognizing it's the crown, but it's also part of it's part of our humanity as well. Mm-hmm. So when you say, you know, you're going and flying up and trying to get those spiritual connections, like how do we bring this all together? Like, you know, what I love about learning about the crown chakra is this like intuitive piece. I get to learn about my right. intuition. I get to connect to guidance that isn't mine, these downloads, but that seems fun to fly around up there. Like, why would I want to connect it all? 
Well, I mean, there's a couple of things. First of all, every chakra has an intuitive gift associated with it. I don't know if you've covered Ooh, that already. I but like yes, that. Each, each one has one and they're all equally valuable. So the first chakra is more like our ability to feel the energy of places and things. The second chakra is about clear sentience and our ability to feel into other people's feelings and emotions and also energy sensation. The third chakra, some people also attribute to clear sentience. So those, those feels, and I would say also those gut instincts of right and wrong can also be in the third chakra, you know, the fifth chakra. Yes. No. Yeah. One, two, three, the fourth chakra. There we go. The heart chakra is also another form of empathy and, and feeling into the universal love, universal wisdom. And a lot of people get a lot of intuitive hits right from there. And then we go into the throat chakra where we hear our guidance and can speak our guidance. So people that do automatic writing or someone like me who's, who channels or just you know speaks the wisdom and it comes out of my mouth and then I'm like, oh, that's so interesting. Or people that hear their guidance so they have the gift of clear audience. That's all in your um, throat chakra. And then the one that we most associate with intuition is actually the third eye. And that is where, you know, we have clairvoyance, where we can see, where we can have visions and precognitive experiences and all of that happens there. So the crown chakra, again, is sort of the icing on the cake. And that's where we have that full body intuitive sense of knowing where you know something and you don't know how you know it, but you know it in your being. And um, they're all important and, and different people have different gifts, but for me, that's always been my primary is that clear cognizance, that just knowing like, and, and the other ones are sometimes the ones that later can come through and kind of explain stuff or flesh it out or give me the imagery or give me the feels into it. But all of the chakras have that intuition. And I think for me, the seventh chakra is just where we really receive the gifts of our soul. And then they channel down into the rest of our being. And if you don't have that grounded connection, then you can't really express and experience the gifts of your soul while in this physical form, which is, you know, part and parcel of what you're here to do. Mm, I love that. And, and while each of those like tidbits of information could be found either directly or indirectly in all of the episodes, what I love is how clear that was put together. And what I took from that is just this idea of it's a holistic approach where it doesn't have to be so pigeonholed to be like, oh, my intuition's not that good. I have to work on my third eye or my crown chakra. It's just the whole thing. Like I feel with that explanation so much more complete and empowered to step into my own gifts. So I, I love, love that. that. Yeah, I just, that was just magical because I feel like sometimes, you know, we try to diagnose these problems Right. And especially with you, you know, taking psychology and spirituality and bringing them together, I'm sure you understand, right? Like people come in, they want their problem diagnosed. Tell me what's wrong with me, doc. You know, yes. help me fix it. And what do you, yeah. what is your, like, how do you bring it all together? What's your take on that? So I always think about balance. And I think, you know, anyone who really studies the chakras know that it's, although each chakra has its own special flavor and perspective you know, health is in the balance between all of those things. And so we, we work on areas where sometimes we're overactive in a chakra, underactive in a chakra, two of our chakras don't play nicely together. And so all of those things have to be, you know, considered. But again, I'm not so much about diagnosing problems as finding solutions and finding what's working and building from there. And of course, yeah, sometimes there are things that we quote unquote need to work on in life, but I always like to put that positive spin on it and make it about sort of, you know, what you're doing right rather than what's wrong. Yes. Um, just because I think that's so much more helpful. Yeah, I totally agree because I mean, I'm, I myself, um, how do I want to put this? Uh, I used to be a perfectionist. <laughs> um, I still have those, those things that show up and even just overachiever, perfectionist, like the, the standard A type. And so right. throughout my journey, especially when I was more in corporate America, it was always like, oh, something's wrong with me. I have to fix it. It was so pinpointed and diagnosed. And I don't feel like there was anybody in my life who was there or, you know, I hadn't connected to any resources or people that I was aware of, because that's part of it, is to, to realize that it's not just like you said, like, let me fix this problem. Because think about in interviews in corporate America, or maybe even outside of corporate America, you know, uh, what are your weaknesses? 
what are your strengths? Like it's such like a pinpointed and you kind of feel like, Ugh. and you always were taught yeah. to turn your weaknesses into strengths. I don't know. I mean, I don't want to necessarily go down that path, but I just, that's what it brought up for me when you said that. Yeah. And again, we all have things that we're working on when we come mm -hmm. here into our physical bodies and, and we explore this human experience and we all have gifts that we bring or things that come naturally and easily to us. And there's usually a really nice balance of those things if we recognize it because your soul is very kind and where it will give you a challenge, it will also give you the resources. It's just a lot of times we don't need to, we don't know where to look for them or we we're trained to only look for the problems, but we all have both. And again, a weakness isn't necessarily something that's wrong with you. It's just an area where you still are interested and excited to grow. Yes. I love that. I mean, it's just, it just feels better. I mean, that's been my, my yeah. journey, my more of my spiritual and personal journey of unraveling some of the cultural beliefs or family beliefs or corporate beliefs, whatever that was like yes. that really held me back, but really recognizing like how they make me feel. And so now it's like, Ooh, I like things that make me feel lighter. And, and feel more open and more willing to connect versus things that make me feel bogged down. Yes. And that's your intuition at work. It's telling you, your energy is telling you where your soul wants to move and vibrate and grow and what really lights you up. So I think that is just fantastic. And many of us do have a lot, you know, earth is full of a lot of teachings and a lot of things that we learn that really um, do not vibe well with our souls and really do hold us back and do keep us locked in a way that, you know, will work for us on some level, but won't truly bring us joy and won't truly lead us to like our, our truest and highest spiritual potential. And so a great way to start to unburden yourself is to start to tune into things that make you feel amazing. Mm, yeah. Why not? Like, it's kind of like, yeah. why not? You know, I, I remember when I very first started working with an intuitive coach, it was new to me. I didn't know what an intuitive life coach was. And she's actually going to be our last guest on, on this series for the crown chakra. But, you know, I, I didn't really get it. And I was like, what I was start my journey on a life coach. And I was like, what's an intuitive life coach? And then, you know, like everything unfolded from there where she kind of like saw visions of me. I'm like, how do you know that? You know, and and as we, we I was like, wow, this is pretty cool. It like totally piqued my interest. And as as I've continued on this journey, it's been a shift between the two worlds, right? Like a shift between, I guess, wh what I don't even know how to say this because it's like what what I can't touch, right? Like right. the things I can't touch that I tr need that I want to trust. But it's almost like a journey of coming back home. And even, right. you know, one of the things we talked about before we started is this idea of what it means to be a soul, you know, in this in this human form. Talk a little bit more about that because I feel like it's like a perfect time to just unpack that. Absolutely. So it's my understanding, right, that you are at your core spiritual being. And in order to know yourself and understand yourself better and to expand consciousness and consciousness is just like one big thing of which we are all a part. You said, Hey, wouldn't it be cool if I branched off a little bit and had some other kinds of experiences, some individuated experiences. And one of the experiences that many souls like to have is coming to earth. And we usually do it multiple times because we, as we experience life through different eyeballs, through different perspectives, we gain a complete and whole understanding of ourselves through the best way to say it is, you know, you earth is an illusion or a delusion. And so by sort of forgetting who we are through different eyeballs, we start to remember again. And it's through that process of remembering what your soul knows innately while, you know, after forgetting it completely in a bunch of different bodies that you start to have a deeper understanding of who and what you really are. So that is sort of maybe esoteric way of saying it, but that's, that's how I understand it. And so, you know, the journey of being a, a soul in human form is just to have a bunch of different experiences from different perspectives. And so we will learn by looking at the same issue or issues from, from different eyeballs. And that's how we grow. Hmm. So as we're, as we're growing, as we're going through this experience, as we're remembering and we're tapping into our crown chakra, it seems to me that the crown and the third eye are kind of similar in what they do. And especially when you talk about the third eye is usually thought for like intuitive gifts, yet it's all of the chakras. So yeah. I'm curious, like, what do you feel are the similarities or differences? Or how do you feel the third eye and the crown kind of play together when you're developing intuitive gifts? 
Okay. So I'm going to get this from the guide. You asked two different questions. So I'm going to answer the first one and then the second one, if that's okay. Yeah, perfect. Slightly different. Yeah. So one is sort of what's the difference intuitively, or how do these two things work together? And, and what my guidance is, is sharing with me, and this makes perfect sense, is uh, the sixth chakra, rather, the third eye chakra is a little more like an interpreter, right? That's where your mind sits too, by the way, or a big chunk of your mind. And so that's, you know, the special, and I'm sure you talked about this, but the special challenge of that sixth chakra is learning to still the mind so that, you know, your higher guidance can come through, but you can think about that higher guidance trickling down through that, that seventh chakra. Mm -hmm. And so as we start to still the mind, we open up that space for that wisdom to come through. And then we have all of the chakras, but especially the sixth one to really tune into that information that's coming through. So you could look maybe at the sixth chakra as almost like a staging area. And the seventh chakra is where, you know, all the seeds from your soul filter down. And again, remember your soul is embodied in every chakra and really every cell of your body. So these are just sort of metaphors, but, but that's sort of how it looks to me is that, you know, your higher self and that, that higher connection comes through the seventh chakra but then also you need to be able to process and translate that into a way that can be usable here on earth. Mm, I love that. Okay. So then, so then let's get into the second part. Like how do we use the six and seven chakra to really, you know, build our spiritual gifts and our intuition? Yes, ma'am. And so the first thing I would say is, you know, there are some people who there's, you know, that seventh chakra is totally shut down. Maybe they, they've learned that spirituality isn't safe or isn't okay, or they're not interested in it or they've had bad experiences with it. So there are some people in this world that really do have a ceiling there and they don't they don't want to go above that. They want to stay at their mind and they don't really want to understand that there's more there. I don't think that applies to most of the people listening to this conversation right now, right? Most of you are probably already very comfortable with your seventh chakra and activating that energy. And so the flip side that I see is people that again they need to learn to ground and they need to learn to be present so that all that beautiful energy that wants to come in from your higher self can get into your awareness, into your consciousness so that you can use it here while you're in, in human form. And the guides are reminding me too that sometimes, and I see this all the time when I do sessions, but sometimes information will come through and I will watch it go into the back of someone's head. So I'll see it go into their unconscious from you know the, the top of their, from the crown. And I'll know that it's seed planting because sometimes it takes a while before we even have the understanding or awareness or capacity to translate and fully understand all of the spiritual wisdom that wants to come through to us on our journey. So sometimes I'll see that and it just cracks me up. But the more we can learn to create space in that sixth chakra and clear the mind, still the mind, the more we will be able to you know, be more consciously aware of all of this great spiritual information and understanding that is our soul's birthright. So these are my own like personal, just curious questions that I can only guess that others have the same potentially, right? So you had said that when we connect, you said a couple different words, or I heard it as a couple different words, right? Like okay, go for we're it. getting we're getting information from our soul, we're getting information from our higher self, or even I don't know if you've said this, but I've feel like I've learned this. It's like getting information from someone outside of us or something mm -hmm. outside of us. How do we choose what we're connecting to or do we not choose or how does all that how does all that work? Well, that's a great question. You know, I often use the terms interchangeably and when I do my work for the most part now, I just tune in. I usually talk about tuning into spirit guides just cuz that's the habit that I have and I do believe that we all have a spiritual support team. So these are guys or conscious, you know, um, souls or energies that are entities that are not in physical form. So they're not encumbered by all of the craziness that those of us who are doing the human things are experiencing, right? They don't have the blindfold on. And so they have that broadened awareness where they can see the things that we forgot. And they've also often been trained to remind us and to tap us on the shoulder and to guide us because they know the details of, of what we particularly are here to accomplish here on earth. And they're here to support us. So definitely we can connect with our guides through that seventh chakra connection. Higher self is sort of your own highest iteration. And then also we can talk about things like connecting all the way up to God or source. When I do my work 
personally, I just set the intention to connect to any or all of those things. And I just trust what comes through. I don't usually discern anymore because it usually doesn't matter. Um, I just trust the flow and trust the channel. And usually it works just fine, but I do teach whole classes on connecting with spirit guides because I think it can be so comforting and so healing and so amazing for so many people to know that they have that guidance and support. And I know for me, when I first understood there were spirit guides, it was a total game changer because I was someone who grew up feeling very alone. Mm -hmm. And when I recognized, oh, wait, I have had this support the whole time. And then when I could look back on my own life and go, oh, there it was, there it was, it really gave me more faith and trust in this process of life. And it was just deeply comforting. So I love all of these ideas and I use them interchangeably in my work. But you know, there are times when it's really nice to know that we have other beings with us on our journey, yeah. you know, even if they are invisible. Right. What I, what I took from that, at least for myself, right, was the fact that I don't have to know who or what it's from, right? Just stepping into the flow and letting that happen. Because even like the thing that I am have been working on cutting off is that lineage of overthinking. It just came yeah. down through the lineage and it's like, I'm, I've been working on cutting it off. So I feel like even just the thought of, oh, what is this coming from? That would just block you or they have count. you overthink and be like, well, there, there it went. <laughs> right. Is it a guide? Is it my idea? Is it coming from here? Is it coming from there? Yeah. And you know, most of us, when we want to learn about intuition and we want to learn about spiritual things, we naturally, normally, we want to learn the way that we learned in school, right? So we want to have facts. We want to know the right answer and we want to understand it with our minds. And that is actually the antithesis of the best way to learn spiritual mm -hmm. teachings because these are things that you just know in your being. And when they make sense to you, you can just feel it. And the words help, you know, because we have to quote unquote understand and communicate and all that. But the words are sort of just, you know, they're just approximations anyway. They don't really capture the whole truth. And so I love to use words kind of loosely. And, you know, it's the space between the words that really gets the job done. Or Eckhart Tolle often says he's a great spiritual teacher, talks about words as pointers. And I love that because they point, but in and of themselves, they, they're not, they're meaningless mm -hmm. when we're talking about those, those deeper meanings. And so you know, when I teach intuition development, I, I do kind of keep it vague and I do always invite people to go back and see what resonates with you. Don't listen to like what I say or what's the truth, or I've heard it's this, or it has to be that if those things resonate with you and then they're a great starting point, go for it, but don't, don't get locked into your ideas because then you're going to put a ceiling on, on what is possible for you to really know and understand. And you know, the real spiritual truths, they transcend ideas anyway. So, you know, your ideas aren't going to get the job done completely anyway. Yeah, it's it's so powerful. And I'm just over here smiling. If you guys could see us on Zoom, you know, like I'm over <laughs> here smiling because throughout this entire chakra series, and I haven't said this in a few episodes, but it's like for me, and I bet it's the same for you as a listener, like you're hearing some common threads. Like if you've listened to some from start to finish, you're hearing a common thread and message that is meant just for you. And I'm hearing my own common thread and message. You know, oh, well. it's, it's I, I'm just like, I'm like sitting here. I'm like, okay, yeah. You know, it's like, how, it's almost like how many confirmations can you get, Jenny? Like you're going to get all of them because you're still not believing that any of the confirmations are true. You know, <laughs> it's kind of like what it feels like it keeps coming up versus just letting go. But that's also because of that A type, that control, that go, go, go type of, I have to make the outcome and shifting would, into that letting go. I would look at it personally for you is that your unseen friends, the universe source, however, your higher self, however you want to frame it, is just giving you lots of evidence because that's what you crave. And each time you see that evidence, you have that, oh my God, life is so magical. And I would go with that. I wouldn't worry about how many you need. I would just think that each one is an amazing blessing and keep bringing them on. I love validation. It's like, it's magical. Yeah, so. it is fun. It, it for sure is because it, it it goes back to that feeling, that lighter feeling that, you know, and even so I, I want to tie this in because it's possible that once again, people are thinking this is, okay, I, I got the lower chakras down. I got this, but I'm not intuitive. I'm not like Victoria. I don't channel messages, right? Those limiting beliefs that come up for people, you know, like when that comes up, 
how do you help people to really awaken to their full potential and their spiritual potential? Yes. Number one, you are intuitive. Everyone is intuitive. We are all spiritual beings in human form. Every single one of us and your intuition is your direct line back to your soul, back to your higher guidance. Okay. And everybody has that. There's not a soul walking on earth right now that does not have this connection. The problem is, is that most of us have not been wired to sort of tune into it. And so the first thing that I always teach people is to look where it's happening for you now, because it is. And as soon as you start to look for it, you'll see it happening. Now, you may not see it happening the way it happens for me. And we all have different proficiencies and different things that we're working on in life and different gifts that we're bringing. So, you know, if my job is to receive and communicate guidance for people, then, you know, it's quite likely that my spirit put things in my path to, you know, make that come very naturally and normally for me. But everyone has intuition. And if that's something you feel called to develop, go for it, because that's probably a sign that that's something that you are here to do as well. But really, it speaks different to everyone. So, it's just about understanding where it's working for you. And yeah, I would cry. I would call BS on anyone who says they're not intuitive. You just haven't discovered your gifts yet. Mm, I love that. I love that. And you know, and, and think about that too, how that can show up in other aspects of life. Like the other things that you're claiming are not you, even just as simple yes. as I am lovable, I am enough. Anything that you've ever wanted to do in life is available to you. But yes. it's your own limiting beliefs that keep you from getting there. Absolutely. And part of the journey of life is to spend some time usually early on in our childhood learning everything that's wrong with us, every limit, you know, all about our own limits and the limits of the world. And then if you're lucky, you can start to have an awakening where you go, huh, maybe I'm not so limited. Maybe I'm not so broken. Maybe I truly am lovable. And then you start to flow into that and then everything shift and changes. And if you're not listening to this and you're not totally there yet, don't worry about that either because that is a journey that you're on and wherever you are on that journey is exactly where you're supposed to be. And podcasts like this and conversations like this are just to awaken that spark of knowing in you that knows that you're more than your current struggles. Yeah. And it almost too, not almost, I just want to claim it. I Scratch that. Let's start over. So also I feel like too, it's like what you said, that vision of that you know, seed being planted in the back of someone's mind. That that's like what this is. Cause you know, there I guarantee there's someone on here listening who maybe never knew what a chakra was and just happened to come on and go, what's this? Possibly listening and going, what the hell are they talking about? Right? <laughs> like this is so like woo-woo or whatever. But I would also say you're here. There was some level of curiosity. And that's exactly what you're talking about, Victoria. Yes. It's that, that's the process. It just keeps happening. Yeah. And that's your intuition too, by the way. Mm. When you are drawn to something that answers a question, when you maybe aren't drawn to something, but you know, you maybe you, you get a fortune cookie or you pass a billboard that answers your question or you get a sign or somebody else you know, says something out of their mouths that just makes you feel so good and just validates something that you needed to hear so much. All of these things are also your intuition because we're all connected. So your spirit is speaking to you all the time through everything and everyone. So look for those examples too, because that is also your intuition speaking to you. And that's also, I would say a seventh chakra gift. Hmm. I love that. And I want to, I want to spend a little more time like breaking down this intuition thing and continue to give examples of what it is and like developing it because I just feel, I don't know. I just feel like there's a need for that right now. I don't know why someone's listening or a lot of people are listening. I just feel like that is going to be good to just break down. Absolutely. So like I said, intuition to me is that knowing, you know, that doesn't come from what you've been, what you've been taught, what you've learned. It doesn't, you know, you can't always explain how you know it right away, but you know it and it's always right. And, you know, sometimes we misinterpret our intuition. So that's a whole nother story. But when you're getting it clear, it is always whatever is true and right for you in the present moment. And the present moment is always a moving target, of course. And so we all have it because we're all spiritual beings in human form and we all experience it differently, but everybody has it. And I've yet to speak to a human being and maybe you'll get some, you know, emails around this, but I don't think so. Who is not at one point in their life had an experience where they knew something, they couldn't explain how they knew it and it was correct. 
You know, it could be as simple as knowing who is going to call before you pick up the phone or suddenly making a different turn on the way home from work and finding out there was like a five car accident that you avoided, or it can be really big things, right? Like seeing a spirit guide or having a precognitive experience, but everyone has them. They happen all the time. And the best way to develop and tune into your intuition is just to start paying attention. It's a little bit like, I always use the analogy if you're trying to, if you're out to buy a car, right? And say you have your eye on a certain make and model of car, all of a sudden it will seem like every car on the road is that make and model of car. That car did not become more popular or more prevalent because suddenly you were considering buying it, right? You just noticed it more. And it's the same thing with your intuition. It's there all the time, but when you focus your attention on it, you're going to, it's going to, you're going to realize it's everywhere. Yeah. And it's fun. It's fun to go around and point out these things like we talked about before, like, oh, look, oh, look. And, and and, And I know that too, when we amplify our emotions, especially into that fun and joy, it continues to bring more of those experience with us. Yes. Or to us. And and intuition tunes you into the miracle of life because it is truly miraculous. I mean, some people associate their intuition with fear. Sometimes it's because we've had bad experiences or you watch too much, too many documentaries on TV. Right. But, you know, intuition is not about like seeing bad things that are going to happen to you or, you know, occasionally, you know, if there's something that you need to know, your intuition will tap you on the shoulder and give you the 411. But most of intuition has nothing to do with that. It has to do with life affirming messages and things that will guide you to experiencing more joy in your life. And so, of course, when you, you know, take it with that energy and, and the energy of excitement and the energy of joy and the energy of, allowing and unknown and and miracles, then it will speak to you back in exactly that way. And, you know, the two will feed off of each other. So I feel like we've done a good job of like really getting into the grounded aspect of this. Like this is a very grounded, like down to earth part of the conversation. Now I want to go a journey. Let's just fly high. Like let's like fly way up there. Right. Because I'm like, let's fly up there and go, all right, I'm curious, when do you know the chakra, the crown chakra is overactive or you're too much in that or it's you're just over the top? You might be spacey, some forms of mental illness, like people that that's usually sixth chakra, but it can also be seven where, you know, you just are not able to be grounded in reality and you're just always up there in the ethers. I also see people that have a lot of spiritual ideas and a lot of stuff comes through, but they can never act on anything, Right. Sometimes people too have a belief that spirituality and material well-being are, you know, at juxtaposition, but they're not. They're not opposed to each other at all. So you might have this idea, I can be spiritual, but I can't actually function on earth. That would also be a sign probably that, you know, that seventh chakra is a little out of balance with some of the lower chakras, like your first chakra, for example. So all of those things would show you if you feel really spacey a lot of the time and you just can't kind of get present and again, use the word grounded, that would be another sign that you've probably flown out the top of your head and you're not, you know, if you look at it, like your higher self, sort of like a balloon, you want that balloon to be firmly rooted all the way down at the base of your spine. And you want that energy to flow. If you want to look at it energetically and that's what chakras are, you want the energy flow to go up and down nicely. And, you know, I often do visualizations because I love to, you know, visualize running the energy through my body. I find it's just really healing and really helpful and really, you know, just gets things flowing. And, you know, I'll always start with grounding. So, you know, imagining that connection between the base of your spine, sometimes the soles of your feet deep into the center of the earth, because I love that feeling. And mother earth is just the most beautiful energy here to love and support us and, and vice versa. I always send some love down to her as well. And then, you know, I move up to the crown of the head. I always imagine like a bright, beautiful star. That's my highest self or source, however you want to envision that. And then streaming that energy down from there back into my body. And I often think of those two energies as meeting at the heart, but there's a, you know, they go a little bit everywhere throughout all of us, uh, all of our, our cells in our body. And that's the way I really feel how our energy works. And when we're in balance, right, that, you know, our lower chakras support our ability to also tune into the, the higher chakras and that spiritual awareness. And so we don't fly up out there and stay there but we make a beautiful two-way conduit where everything that we know is a spirit starts to come into our body, 
come into our consciousness, come into our awareness so that we can use it in the here and now. And that's what's really valuable. And yes, sorry, this is a long-winded answer, but yes, there are shamans and, and people where, you know, you have that idea of going out of the body, you know, and your consciousness moving out of the body to get stuff done. And, and that's just, I think it's just another way of explaining the same thing, but it really only works when you have that solid grounding to come home to. Yeah. I mean, that was kind of, I was going to want to go into some of that as the next part of the question. You know, you've just, you've just explored, you've just found that you have these gifts or maybe you've had them and you're just now going to play with them, you know, and you're going to go connect to your spirit guides and you're going to go fly around and you're going to do, you know, astral projecting and and whatever else you're going to do. Right. (laughs) How do you feel like, you know, when we get up in that, because I mean, that can be really fun. I really like when I connect to those things, because I'm just like, I feel like I'm flying high. And I and I understand the idea of staying grounded. But it is really nice to fly high. Do you feel like you can kind of get addicted to that? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And remember, you are here, first and foremost, to have a human experience. So you want to you want to, you know, there are people that I you know, and I see this a lot that have what I would call spiritual addiction where they use their spirituality to escape life, right? And, you know, this is where spiritual whitewashing comes in or bypassing. I sometimes call it spiritual whitewashing, but the common term is spiritual bypassing, right? Where we, you know, everything's fine, everything's good, and but you're not attending to what's really happening to your humanness, to what you're really experiencing. And so that spiritual awareness is fantastic because it gives us that broader perspective. But if we're not tending and allowing our humanness, we're kind of like skipping all the work. And eventually we're going to have to come and do that at some point. So it's really, again, important to have that balance. And yeah, I'm all about, you know, have as much fun on the spiritual plane as you want. Just make sure that you're tending to your humanity, that you're not using it as like an addiction or a way to escape, you know, anything and that you're bringing the gifts home Hmm. because the gifts of your soul are here for you to experience and use in your human container. Now that's the work that you're here to do. So, you know, it doesn't mean that, you know, I know some people, I have a teacher that's like, I hate the word grounded because it's so heavy and I never use that word. So if that word doesn't resonate with you, let it go. I, I actually find it really, really, really pleasing. But the basic idea is that, you know, you, you need to be at one and cool with your humanness and that greater spiritual awareness is really to help you do that. And of course, we all sometimes like to escape now and again and remember that we are more than this human experience and that is all fine and well. We just, you know, we don't want to, you know, use it to escape completely because at the end of the day, every struggle that you have, every experience that you have is just as spiritual as your seventh chakra, right? It's all made from the same stuff. Hmm. So when we are playing out there and we're having fun, do you feel like we need to have protection because now our energetic bodies out there with other energetic bodies? So personally, the way I see it, I don't like to go all fear based with protection. Different people have different ways of understanding it. I would just be mindful. I would just be mindful again of your intentions. I would be mindful of your goals. Some people too get all spiritual in a way that's very ego-based and they want to control and they want to know and they want to be all powerful. Then you're going to attract more junk Mm -hmm. than you need. And again, just keeping, and I'm getting this from the guides, just really keeping that intention strong that I'm bringing my spirituality into this human experience and that I'm learning more and more to express the gifts of my soul and my the wisdom of my soul through this human being, human vessel, human channel. Um, when you when you do it that way, you pretty much can't go wrong. Yeah, I love that. And, and I've heard that too. The different energy levels as you connect with spirit, as you connect with energy, there's different energy levels, like the shamanic energy that's a lower vibration. This isn't a good or bad thing. This is like the lower vibration, like earth energy versus working with like ascended masters and guides. Right. And so having, like you said, that intention to connect to what's good, what's higher, what's going to serve humanity, what's going to serve you. And that light connecting to that light, that white light, that golden light, and even asking your guides to protect you on the way. Absolutely. Not even protect. Again, I don't want to say that, like to set you the can, intention. You can. It's all good. It's all good. And, you know, I have, and again, it, they're just words. And yeah. I have some people that say, well, you know, protection isn't fear-based. If it's raining and you put on a raincoat to protect you, right, that's not fear-based, that's practical. So again, you know, it's 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 your own um, associations with the word and it's all good. 
But, you know, I, I just think, again, it's around intention and we all have this great spiritual wisdom and that second shock and that seventh chakra rather will open up naturally, normally as you, you know, open yourself up to this. And again, I think the misunderstanding around the seventh chakra is that it's like the best and the highest and you need them all. And they're all part of the same thing and they're all informing and working together. And so we just want to stay in balance. And we want, as we start to open up that seventh chakra, we want to have a solid container with which to receive and express that energy. Mm, I love and, it. And that's, that's all I would say. Yeah. I love nothing it. to be afraid of. Yeah. I love it. I mean, it's just definitely, I think this journey has been so fun to explore all the different chakras, all the different energy of the different chakras. I'm curious as we're exploring and we're tuning in with our chakras, do you feel that it'll just be closed for a period of time and then you can open it back up or is it closed for a long time? Or like, how can you really tune in and feel all your chakras and know they're closed, they're open? How do I open them? Is it a daily opening? You know, I don't do a lot of work with my chakras personally, although my favorite, favorite, one of my favorite, favorite meditations is uh, chakra chanting and chanting mm-hmm. the seed seed sound of each chakra, which I will, I could try to get right right now, but I'll probably get nervous and mess it up. You can Google it. How's that? Yes. Each chakra has a different seed sound and a different color associated with it. And so one of my favorite things to do is just spend some time chanting on each chakra and visualizing the color and going up from the base up through the crown. And I just find that an incredible healing and balancing. And I, I just do it whenever I feel called to do mm-hmm. it. I don't do it on a regular basis. I don't think it's like brushing my teeth that I have to do every day. I just do it when I feel like it, but it's one of my favorite visualizations. And another really good one is just breathing into the chakras. So you can imagine, you know, you go to the first chakra and you can envision the color if you want. And then you just imagine your breath breathing in and out, you know, with that chakra because chakras, they take in energy, they let out energy, they take in and the constant exchange. And so if you breathe into that, you'll find that you'll just naturally and normal align with and balance the energy of that chakra. So those are two really great practices that you can do for all seven energy centers. But, you know, I don't usually, I mean, when chakras come up for me is sometimes in a reading, I will just be drawn to the energy or an imbalance or something that's going on in a particular energy center. And again, these are just conceptual tools for us to kind of understand and explain what's going on. And, you know, please take the words and the the practices that, you know, seem right to you because everyone sees them a little bit differently. So usually I'm just intuitively guided to them. I don't usually see chakras closed or open so much as just in or out of balance. But again, sometimes we do put a firm, like I'm not going there on that seventh chakra. So I guess you could call that closed. I would say more shut down, you know, not just not, you're not really flowing there. Mm-hmm. Um, the energy is not moving through there. And I was taught a long time ago and I have mixed feelings about it now, but I was taught a long time ago for people that are empaths, one way to you know, not pick everything up is to sort of shut down that second chakra. And you could just imagine like turning down the volume on that second chakra. Again, I think all the chakras are important. So I don't know how I feel about that now, but again, sometimes too, that's just a reminder to yourself that if you are someone who leads with your feels, so just tone that down, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? So, you know, I think it's more about balance than anything else. And just energy should be flowing in a reciprocal way through all of your chakras, both receptive and expressive. And when that's not flowing clearly, that's when you have a problem. Yeah. You know, when you mentioned turning it down, I just was reminded of Donna Eden and her energy work of like the zip up, you do the zip up technique. And, and for me, based on what you said, the way I feel like for me that I would like to integrate that is just like you said, when you're just wanting to maybe have some boundaries and be like, you know what, I'm not wanting to interact. I would think of you as an intuitive and you have guides. There's probably times that you just kind of like, I'm good. Do you do medium work too? Yes. Yeah. Yes. So I would think that there'd be times, I don't know how this works. It's just an assumption. There'd be times you'd be like, you know what? I'm not looking to communicate right now. Yes. You know, <laughs> you have to have boundaries. Yeah. And again, you know, for a long time, this is, that's such a great question. Cause for a long time, when I first started doing this, I was like afraid to ever shut it down. Right. Because I was afraid, well, what if my guides need to get my attention for something I need to know, but it doesn't really work like that. Cause again, your intuition is always working. You're always getting the messages, but 
it's that active kind of seeking and being bombarded. Sometimes it's really good, especially if you're a really sensitive person or you're an empath who feels other people's feels. And I was overwhelmed by all of the channels that were tuned on for me. So a big part of my learning to tune into my intuition was actually learning to modulate, to shut down, to choose what channels I tune into. Mm -hmm. And there were whole periods in my development where the message was, don't be spiritual, like no spiritual books, no talking to intuitives. You need like two weeks off, go watch, you know, go watch TV. But that didn't mean in those moments that my intuition wasn't active. It just meant that, you know, you need balance between these spiritual pursuits and being human. And so again, that's, that's a very seventh chakra kind of thing of sometimes we need to tone that down a little bit so that we can be here so that we can be present, but it will never go away. And your guys will always get your attention when they need to. And as long as you're open to that, you don't have to have every channel on full blast all the time, lest you miss something. When you're channeling, when you're channeling or you're connecting to guidance, do you ever feel like you're drained or out of energy after? Not so much anymore. You know, whenever I've up-leveled and I've done like a new gift or a new thing, sometimes it takes a little bit, a while to adjust to moving more energy. So that's a thing, but anyone who does this right, you're not, you're not giving or receiving your own vital energy. You're simply tuning in and communicating and sharing, or if you're doing energy work, that's coming through you. So it really doesn't have a lot to do with your own energy. It's more a matter of just the care and keeping of your physical body and your health, because when that energy move, it takes, it takes a, a strong container for that energy to move through you if that makes sense. It does. And I mean, the the way that I can relate based on what I know is like Reiki. You're a channel for Reiki. Right. And if you're exhausted after Reiki, you didn't do it right. Because you're not Correct. the ego. You're not the one healing. You're just the channel for healing Correct. to connect. And again, there's been some modalities and some things that I've learned that when I'm going through a big growth spread or learning something new, I, I don't do it for a lot of time because it just it takes a lot of energy to hold the space even. And then you you get used to it and you can do more. But for the most part, if you feel drained, yes, something is wrong and you're, you're giving your power away if, if it's, you know, you're talking to spirits or you're moving energy or whatever gift you are tapping into, you know, usually you should feel better afterwards. And if not, then you're probably doing it wrong or doing too much. Mm. Definitely. I've learned so much in this chat. We've like talked about so many things. It's been so empowering to go through not only the crown chakra, but it, it almost served as like a bit of a recap right? Like, Yay. you know, like kind of going back through and pulling it all together. It's, it's the perfect person to deliver to deliver the message. And so if someone's listening and they're like, I really like Victoria, I like the way she looks at things. I, I maybe even want to do a reading or want to do some work with her or, you know, what, what's available? How do people connect to you? What would be the next step? Oh, thank you for asking. So yeah, I work with people individually all over the world. In Connecticut, I'm still a licensed professional counselor. So there I do counseling, but I do the intuitive work for pretty much everyone. So I work remotely um, by um, video or phone. I also do group coaching, small group coaching, usually around certain topics. My next group coaching class is going to be around for empaths. So around intuitive empathy. And um, so that's going to be really, really, really fun. And I teach classes too. I have some self-paced classes on my website. I have my Activate Your Intuition class, which is just entry level. Wow, I, I think I'm intuitive. Where do I go with this? How do I tap into this? And I have a class that's about to release on spirit guides and another on reincarnation. So those are really exciting. I do a lot of my teaching and connecting in my Facebook group, which is Intuitive Connection Community. And I do live readings and all the guests from my podcast cycle through there. So that's a lot of a lot of fun too, if that speaks to you. And I have a podcast of my own intuitive connection. We talk about all of these good things. I have not done the chakras yet. So that that really needs to be on my list. Um, so now you've inspired me to do an episode on the chakras, but we have lots of of guests um, doing all sorts of really cool stuff and a lot of me, a lot of solo episodes with me just sharing whatever wisdom wants to come through for the listeners. So I think that pretty much covers all the ways that people could connect with me. I love it. And definitely I got chills when you mentioned doing the chakras on your on your own podcast. So I was like, yep, yep, do it, do it. Do it. I love the chills. The best intuitive marker ever. Oh yeah. And I, I said this on a, a previous episode. I've just realized I have three different types of chills. I have arms, back, and full body. Wow. Yes. 
And are they different? Do they indicate different things? That's what I'm tuning into to see how the intensity of them or, you know, how they come and go. And I get more of the arms and backs than I do the full body. So I'm thinking the full body is like that full body. Yes, you'd go do it. So if my full body goes, then it's a hard yes or a hard no based on, you know, the intuition. Based on context. Yeah. I love the chills. I actually, it's not one of my, my markers, unfortunately so much anymore, but I love it because it's one of those things you can't fake, Mm -hmm. right? You can't give yourself the chills. And I was actually listening to a Facebook class, but I don't know, they were, they were just like how to be a podcast. I don't remember what the topic was, but they were like, oh, and we want to help spiritual, you know, entrepreneurs and blah, blah. And then the lady just kept going, chills, chills, chills. And it made me so mad because I was like, don't mess with the chills. She did not have the chills. You know, like, it's not like a thing, guys. Like the chills is like magic when you feel that resonance, right? Like, don't be just talking through that. Like it's a real, it's a real experience. And it's one of the best gifts I think that our soul gives to us. So anyway, I, I, love, that, rant, I love that you shared it because <laughs> you said that the chills can't be like, we can't fake them. You can't and I've wondered I mean, that I've literally, because my logical mind was like, wait, did I do that? Because I touched something and I had the chills or was that like, I've gone through that yeah, phase. You can give yourself the chills. So, you can pretend like you have the chills, right? <laughs> Our mind will do all sorts of crazy things. Don't be doing that. Like the chills to me are sacred. Yes. But um, yeah, you can't make them up, right? Love when it. you have it, it's an automatic reaction. It's your body telling you it's magical. So yes, my friend, go with that. I love it. And that's why, you know, I wanted to share that because I have questions questioned that before. At this point where I'm at my journey, I'm not questioning that, but I have questioned it before going, wait, (laughs) you know. And and here's the thing about your questioning minds. There's nothing wrong with it, right? Like some minds just need a lot of evidence. And so you're getting it over and over again. I would just enjoy the process. Think about it this way. It's like if you're watching a movie, you know, and you really like that movie and you want to keep watching it again and again, because every time you watch it, you're just like, oh my God, I love this movie right? There's nothing wrong with that. You're just, that's just how it works for you. So I would just keep taking in that evidence. It's, it's beautiful. And yes, there's a certain point. I remember for me where I reached a point where it was like all of the woo made so much more sense than anything else I ever knew that I was like, yeah, I'm all in because the parsimonious answer to what I'm experiencing right now is that this stuff is real. And at that point, it was just, it would be ridiculous for me to like still be skeptical because they would just, it would be be too much mental work. But we all get to that place in our own time. And, you know, being a little skeptical is a good thing, right? Because we want to be discerning. So I would, I would just let your skeptical mind do her thing. I think you are way more open (laughs) to hearing your guidance than you think. Yes. And on that, there's, there's some more chills on that note. We're going to go ahead and and close up the episode as my chills confirm that what you said is the absolute truth. Thank you very much for sharing. Oh my gosh, what a good episode. All right, guys, we have one more crown chakra after this. So thank you, Victoria, for being here. And we'll see you on the next episode. Thank you for listening to the Life Adventurous podcast. If you love this episode, remember to subscribe on your favorite podcast app. For course information, freebies, and to stay connected, join our Ohana, that means family, at www.2jhala.com forward slash Ohana. Remember to stay positive, enjoy the journey, and most of all, keep those eyes open for all of the adventures surrounding you.